Welcome back to another episode of One Penny at a Time. I am your host, Harris Elliott. And again, thank you so much for joining me on another week of this podcast. For those who um, are new here, um, I am tracking my portfolio through this podcast. Um, One penny at a time is literally the word for it. Um, Just trying to show that every dollar you could put into investing, investing to yourself or putting into the market will pay a long-term benefit that will, you know, your future self will thank you for. Um, if you haven't subscribed to this podcast yet, or it's your first time here, definitely give it a subscribe. Leave me a rating through your podcast provider. That does help get this out to the algorithm and gives me the opportunity to talk to more investors and get to talk to more people around the world. Before I go over today's topic, two quick notes that I wanted to go over. Um, today is Sunday morning, and I am going to be driving with the wife up to San Antonio to go visit some friends. I'm very excited about that. Remember, um, as I always like to say, investing is important, but make sure that you do spend time with loved ones and friends as, you know, you, we don't know how much time we ever have. So you want to make your the best out of your day and go enjoy some of those moments. Um, also, on the link below on the show notes, I'm going to be linking my recent conversation I had with Dividend Obsession, who is based out of Oklahoma. It's a about like a 45-minute, 50-minute YouTube interview. Um, I'm going to post that on there. Definitely give Troy a listen and a follow. Um, he is also, you know, talking with other people, you know, like-minded investors in the market. And, you know, really, really solid dude. So definitely make sure to give him a follow on his YouTube channel. Again, I will link that on the show notes below. So today, I remember one of the very first episodes I ever made was talking about how consumer staples are meant to defend. The last month, consumer staples has gotten whooped. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk very briefly about three stocks that are part of the consumer staples. Um, as always, I like to always give a disclaimer. I am not a financial advisor. And this is just me speaking about what I like to review. Um, this is not a financial advice. Don't don't go doing this blindly. Just do your own research. Also, for the three stocks that I own, I do not own them individually, but I do have exposure to all of them through SCHD. Um, I have exposure through it to QQQM, and then uh, most importantly XLP, which is my ETF that tracks the consumer staples. I'm down 6.44% on that ETF. So just want to make sure that I'm being clear here that, you know, I'm always here to be transparent about what I own and what I don't own. So we're going to have two dividend kings and one dividend contender. Dividend king means that 50 years of consecutive dividend increases. A dividend contender is 10 years of dividend increases in a row, but it ranges between the 10 year and right before the 25 mark where it becomes an aristocrat. So that way you understand where we're at with these businesses. So I'm going to talk about these three companies. I'm going to mention basic stats. I'm not going to go too crazy in depth. I'll talk about their current stock price, um, their year performance and one month performance. I'll go over PE ratio, their current yield, um, I read to go with the payout ratio, the revenue growth for the last year, their market cap, um, some brands that are composed of these, and then I'm going to give some thoughts at the end. Okay. So first company that I'm going to briefly talk about is Coca-Cola ticker symbol KO currently trading at $52.89 as of the last trading day. Coca-Cola is down 9.70% over the last month. It is year-to-date down 15.98%. 
Coca-Cola has 60 years of consecutive dividend growth. Um, obviously, Coca-Cola, you don't need a big introduction. You know, you have Coca-Cola, you have Sprite, you have Fanta, you have Honesty, you have Fairlife, you have Powerade, you have the AHA water seltzers, which are very popular in my house, as well as the Simply Juices. Um, the current yield on Coca-Cola trades at 3.48%. If I want to look at that at the five-year average, the five-year average is 3.09%. So if you look at it on a dividend yield theory perspective, Coca-Cola is definitely a quote-unquote discount on that metric. Not saying it's discounted, but if you look at it that one way. Um, Coca-Cola is a very mature business, about $228 billion in market cap. A really important step that I need to look here, their dividend payout ratio is at 69.23%. I have mentioned in the past that I like seeing companies with a dividend payout ratio under 60. However, for very mature businesses like Coca-Cola, um, and the other ones we'll mention too. Um, I'm okay with that being a little bit higher just because it is a mature business. It's more about you're not going to see crazy growth through the stock price, but it's more about that consistency and that dividend, pay, you know, the dividends you're receiving for that. And as well, just holding holding a very strong brand into your portfolio, right? So that's some basics here for Coca-Cola. Second stop I want to go over is Pepsi, ticker symbol PEP. The last month, Pepsi is down 10.68%. Um, year to date is down 10.82%. As of the last trading day, is actually trading at $160. Even got to shout out my, my man Russ from Dapper Dividends. I believe this is his number one holding as far as stock weight in his portfolio. He has 100 shares of Pepsi. So, you know, Russ has uh, went, went hard on Pepsi when he was doing the one week, uh, one share a week challenge until he hit 100 shares a couple years ago. So, actually, you know what? I forgot to mention about Coca-Cola's P.E. ratio. I'm so sorry about that. So, Coca-Cola's P.E. ratio is at 20.07. If I look at that against the S&P 500, it is technically cheaper than the S&P 500. But a big thing that I want to go over here, and you're going to see this with every stock, in the consumer staples, the median P.E. ratio is about 15.78%. So if I look at it across the S&P 500, you may say it's discounted, but if you look at it in the sector, it's a little bit overvalued. With Pepsi, the P.E. ratio is at 21.20%. Um, the yield's at 3.16%. If you want to look at it in a five-year average for dividend yield theory, 2.88%. Mar uh, Pepsi's market cap's at $219 billion. Payout ratio is 65.21, so um, not less than 60, but mature business will let it slide. And then, obviously, Pepsi has PepsiCo, you know, you have Pepsi, you have Sierra Mist, you have Gatorade, you have all the Frito-Lay snacks, you have Aunt Jemima, you have Naked, you have the Sabra Hummus, you have the pasta and the rice aroni. Now, one thing I like about Pepsi, more than Coca-Cola... Pepsi is definitely a way more diverse company with a lot more products. Pepsi actually sells more food and snacks than they do beverage. I believe it's a 55% food, 45% beverage split. Um, also, um, about a couple weeks ago on Hulu, I actually finally watched the Flaming Hot movie, which is the story of how a janitor invented the, the Flaming Hot Cheeto recipe and that literally caused Pepsi to explode as far as in sales because Pepsi was struggling in the 90s. R really good movie, worth a watch. It's on Hulu if you have it. 
Um, a couple things here with Pepsi. Um, if I look at that P ratio, 21.20. We look at the sector median, 15.78. Maybe a little bit overvalued, right? But you look at the dividend yield theory, probably discount if you want to look at it that way. Um, last one I want to go over is Hershey Company. That's ticker symbol HSY. That's the last trading day. It was trading at $190.86. Hershey is down over the last month 9.05%. Year to date, it is down 15.89%. Hershey has been paying 13 years consecutive dividend growth to raise a dividend contender. Forgot to mention that Pepsi just hit its 50th year, so it just became a dividend king. Hershey's. Um, we're going to look at some other metrics for Hershey's. Hershey's P.E. ratio is at 20.01%. The current yields at 2.50%. If you look at the five-year average, it's at 2.05%. Market cap, $39 billion, So it's a lot less than Coca-Cola and Pepsi, but still $39 billion is pretty impressive. Um, some, things, some snacks that are involved here with the Hershey's brand. So Hershey's has my favorite chocolate, which is Reese's. Has one of my favorite candies, which is Twizzlers. Um, has some really good snacks, such as the uh, Dots Pretzel, which is one of the fastest salty snack that's growing in the U.S. as far as like on productivity. Um, you have the Skinny Pop popcorn, and then you have the Icebreakers, which I love using that gum and mint, right? Um, some things that I also like about Hershey's is if you want to look at you know diversity or into the product. They have an amusement park in Hershey, Pennsylvania. So that's another way for them to be able to keep growing their business and diversifying themselves. If I look at Hershey's right now, their payout ratio is actually 45.24%. So Hershey's is in a pretty good spot to continue with their aggressive dividend growth. So that is something that I did like when seeing Hershey's when I'm comparing that against Pepsi and Coke. Um, Overall... I'm going to give here some very basic thoughts on why have these fall, what are my opinions for each one, and what would I do if I was faced with the situation, right? Um, everybody's going to have a very different answer, I feel like, for this particular sector. So, and over the last month, um, something that's been getting really popular as far as being mentioned in earnings reports is the weight loss drug Ozempic and Manjaro. So... Ozempic and Manjaro are they're, they're 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 for diabetes patients. They're injections that help with weight loss and help with t- uh, intaking calories. Now, there's been a lot of discussion with these saying that you know how do these affect the ju- junk food snacks or junk food stocks, right? Even McDonald's has has actually I think it's in the low two fifties right now. McDonald's has taken a little bit of a price setback here over the last month as well. So, I'm gonna just say this. I think that with these weight loss drugs, I don't think that this is a permanent thing. I think this is temporary. Will there be people who will be doing it? Of course, right? Anytime there's something new that can help people out, you know, there's always going to be some sort of effect. But if you don't have health insurance, Ozempic is $915 per shot. Manjaro ranges between $1,000 to $1,200 per shot. If we were to put with health insurance, right, that's still probably maybe two or three hundred bucks a shot, depending on how good your health insurance is. That's expensive. I don't see a lot of everybody being able to do that, in my honest opinion. Um, another thing we always have to factor in with all these strong brands, um, whenever we're in like a, you know, 
economic times where it gets tougher, people may choose for cheaper brands just to try to get by. So like, for example, you know, Walmart has the great value. So they may go for like the Walmart brand or if there's like the Target, you know, they may go for a Target brand or for a generic brand. That's probably the same thing, but probably cheaper. Um, I'm a person where I am very religious to the products I like and I don't like to change them. I know there's people out there, but there's some people that don't care as long as they can get something that's similar and, you know, stretch their dollar out more, then that works fine. My honest opinion for each of these stocks, I definitely think that they're each a little bit overvalued. I think they still have a little bit of more room to drop if I wanted to consider maybe a singular position. This is me speaking as me not holding any one of these. So Coca-Cola, I would like to see it sub $50. Pepsi, I would like to see it more closer to a uh, 150 and below. Hershey's, I like to see it around maybe 180 and below. That would be me if I wanted to buy these. However, if you hold any one of these and you're long on these companies and you have an opportunity to dollar cost average, throw a little bit into it, right? I mean, if you're not going to sell out of it and you have a higher cost, you know, average down on it. Just I would not maybe make anything from these particular stocks be like a top five holding just because I think as far as like on stock growth price, there may be limited. One thing I also like to look at here is if I look at five year performance on the stock price, uh, Coca-Cola is only up 17.77% in the last five years. PepsiCo is up 51.47% over the last five years. Hershey's is up 81.84% over the last five years. And something that to me is really important that we want to measure out is the revenue growth. Obviously, revenue growth for companies like these, it's not going to 10x. It's not going to go crazy. Like They're pretty consistent, right? The last year, Coca-Cola was up 6.82% under revenue growth. Pepsi was up 9.53% year over year. And then we have Hershey's. Now, Hershey's was up 11.66%. So the big thing I think with Coca-Cola, if you look at the five-year average and you look at where they're at year over year, 6.82% year over year revenue growth is actually the sector median. So Coca-Cola is literally steady Eddie. It's pretty average, right? I think Coca-Cola over the next decade would have the most difficulty with stock price movement and growth out of these three stocks. I think Pepsi would be second. I mean, a second place. I think Hershey's would be the better pick. If I was to pick an individual company, if I had to pick one of these, I probably would go with Hershey's. Um, Hershey's is one of those. I mean, honestly, all of these always kind of trade at a premium, but Hershey's is always traded at a higher premium. Hershey's is one to keep an eye out on. If there is more drop onto it, maybe a good opportunity. For me, though, I'm not going to buy any of these individually. I have my exposure to Coke and Pepsi through SCHD. I have exposure to Pepsi in QQQM as well. I have exposure to all three of these through my XLP ETF. Now, I will be averaging out, uh, averaging down on my XLP ETF once I'm able to put some funds back into it, if it's still in the red at the time. And that's kind of where I'm at with these. I really think that there's still some room for these to fall. 
I really think that for these weight loss, the weight loss drugs, I think that's just noise and it's a temporary thing. I don't think that's a long-term problem right now unless they make the medication more affordable. And, you know, and I know there's people out there, oh, there's so many better companies that you can invest in. And you're right, right? There's a lot of better growth opportunities, but you always want to have maybe some type of defensive stock in your portfolio depending on where you're at in your investing journey, right? If you're if you're like 20 years old, you have all the time in the world to worry about that. I, I have a lot of time in the world technically right now, right? Because I don't need any of this money for a good while, but I am a little bit more conservative when I'm in my investing style. So this just fits for me. And that's kind of what I wanted to talk about here, just some basic stats and kind of seeing where everything's at right now, where in the consumer staples sector, I really hope, that these do fall a little bit more because you know you, you get some good opportunities on here and hopefully you can make some purchases as always thank you so much for taking the time to listen to me if you haven't yet please give me a subscribe uh follow me through all your pops your your podcast providers um follow me on instagram on twitter uh my link tree link is on the link on the show notes below i look forward to speaking to you all very soon and as always you will reach that goal one penny at a time and i will see you on the next one